Welcome to the Inside Events Podcast by Swapcard, the leading virtual, hybrid, and in-person event platform. Inside Events is your go-to podcast for fresh insights from the world's top event professionals. Here are your hosts, Julius, Mia, and Bob from Swapcard. Good afternoon, marketing and event professionals, and welcome to the Inside Events Podcast powered by Swapcard. I'm so excited to welcome everyone to another great episode to talk all things marketing, events, and engagement. Once again, I'm your host, Bob Chain, a strategic account manager here at Swapcard with my colleagues, as always, Mia Masson and Julius Solaris. To jump right in this week, as our industry is ever evolving, we are more thrilled to highlight some of the top minds within the industry and really lean on their experiences to drive innovation. With that in mind, I'm so excited to introduce our guest this week, Karina Bauer, who is the CEO of IMAX Group. IMAX is the heartbeat of the global business events community, and she's really helping drive this new initiative, especially through the announcement of the IMAX Buzz Hub, which will be their digital community driving collaborations, connections, and community as a whole. This community launches early May and will really lead us into IMAX America, happening at the Mandalay Bay this November. Karina, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Now, Karina, you have been a leader within the industry now for a few decades and really have experienced some of the highs and lows, as well as key evolutions that our industry has seen. I would love to kind of get your insights into how you're approaching everything, you know, from this past year into the projects of this launch of the IMX Buzz Hub, working to lead this industry into this next evolution that we're seeing today. Yeah, I think um, it's really interesting when you look back. I was talking to somebody yesterday about the fact that we launched IMX America in 2009, so in the midst of the financial crisis. And the first show was in 2011, as we were just starting to come out of that. So, you know, we've seen a lot. And actually, I think back to when I entered the industry in the early 2000s, and, you know, all the talk then was whether the internet, this new thing called the internet and websites would replace meetings and events. And, you know, so this talk, I suppose, around or fear of tech really cannibalizing meetings and events, I've just seen it talked about in so many different ways over the years. And all I've ever seen my experience of the meetings and events industry and meeting and event professionals is that they are extremely good at utilizing whatever tech changes there are to actually improve what they're doing. So to improve the experience of their events, to improve the reach of their events. And I look at what's happened over the past year, and I think it's been traumatic for us, not only because our industry has been, you know, stopped as a result of COVID, but also because of the pace of the change. And really, we've experienced five to 10 years changed in the period of a year. That is very difficult, even if you're a person like me who actually secretly enjoys change. It's very challenging to deal with that. But actually, the more that I look back over the past year, the more that I realise that 
there aren't actually major changes. It's just an acceleration of the changes that were already there and already coming. So if we look at virtual events, if we look at technologies like Swap Card, they were already there. They were already successful businesses, but the power of them is better understood. The way that actually event planners can utilize them to expand their reach, to actually develop a concept that's not just three-day events, but a, a community these things are better understood now but those changes were coming anyway they just have been accelerated so that's what I see on, on that and multiple other changes everything I see is just an acceleration not really a major shift that's a great perspective Karina obviously as Wapcard we could not be more proud to power the experience of IMAX but as you said I mean everybody has experience whether in Frankfurt or Vegas this incredible community of IMAX, and there's no such thing of wanting less of IMAX. People want more of IMAX. So this idea of translating it into a five months long activation that is not just like a, sort of a, a stream of content. I mean, obviously there's going to be amazing content. There's a connection element that's really going back to the root of what this offline community is online as well. But you know, I have to stay true to my blogger nature as well. I have to ask you the breaking news as well. Being based in Vegas as well, how's things looking for IMAX America? I mean, I can tell you Vegas is full speed right now. People are in the street. It seems like we're at CES levels. I've never seen anything quite like it in the past year and a half. How's things looking for the show? Yeah, no, that's great to hear. Things are looking really good for IMAX America this November. The demand that we have from exhibitors and from buyers is really strong. And that's from all around the world as well. So, you know, our industry needs to get back to business and they want to get back to business and they want to see people and reconnect with each other. Uh, and they want to do that face to face. So we have really strong demand. You know, we have contracts coming in every day. We have buyer groups confirming every day. And so, yeah, we're feeling great about it. And when we see the news coming out of the Vegas, but also the US in general with the vaccination program going so well, the confidence in the US we can see is strong. And we know that future bookings for events are very strong, you know, our venues are telling us how busy they are come the fall and then into 22 and even 23. So yeah, we're really excited. It's so fantastic for the team as well to be planning a, a live show again. And it's been a, a tough year. And of course, canceling our shows has been incredibly difficult. But we have also had excitement and we've learned new skills and we've learned this new digital world. And I feel really strongly that we'll look back on this period and actually, you know, just be grateful for how much we've learned and, and how much we could accelerate. I think when I think about, you know, an event, it's kind of the holy grail to be able to extend the life of your event. So that's what we're trying to learn how to do now. And we'll experiment and, and I'm sure some elements will be successful and some will want to tweak and change and that's fine. But actually this idea of having this pinnacle in-person experience and then extending the life through the digital first approach, I think that's really what we're focusing on now. Karina, I'm so glad that you started mentioning communities right off the bat in this interview. And uh, that's my next question. It's really centered around the community aspects of your activations. 
I would love to know how you are aiming for building community and specifically the role of technology uh, in those communities that you are looking to create. Yeah, I think community and human connection are at the heart of what we're trying to do. You know, when we launched Planet IMEX last year, that was born out of crisis in a way. And Planet IMEX, uh, for us internally, we said this is a gift to the industry. So that was the whole basis. And we just wanted to bring some joy. That's why we created a, a sort of amazing 3D islands and underwater world because we just want to give people in this awful lockdown pandemic a smile to their face. But that was then. And, and then we had to look at well, what's actually going to be relevant going forward. And what we really wanted to do was take this digital first approach and help drive human connections within our global industry and there are many uh, platforms there are many partners of ours who have fantastic communities the trade associations but we have the ability to bring all the sectors of the industry together and so yeah i think the human connection element is very important so one of the things that we're doing is gamifying a profile building exercise within swap card so um that will really give people a chance to talk about or, or to tell us a little bit about um what's of interest to them what things do they like doing how do they like to learn what are they experts in what do they want to know more about and we'll utilize that to suggest matches to each other, but also to build out as we go, as we get that data, to build out content and roundtables and crowdsourced content that hopefully will be really valuable. And also through that to build the community by actually leaning on the community to surface those people who are expert in certain areas and can help others. So that's the basic premise and the, the concept of it. It's going to be a challenge to achieve all of that, but we wanted to try, you know, because we don't see that other people are doing it quite in that way. And we thought, let's try to do something a little bit different. Of course, there will be great education, as Julia said as well. But the premise of it is less education and more crowdsourced content. And sometimes it will be for 10 people or 20 people. And that's okay. So whilst our trade show is about bringing thousands of people together in this digital first world we said it's okay if 10 people get together at that time and you know on the platform and another 10 get together at another time on another topic in a platform because that's more personalized that's more directed to what they need at that moment and then we'll have these buzz days where we're bringing hundreds or thousands of people together for more of a sort of content event experience that people are used to so that's the premise and we hope that will help as well build connections in this period where people are still with some destinations in total lockdown still and then just help people travel and build towards IMEX America in November in person. I absolutely love the idea of the crowdsourced content because it really brings out this idea of, you know, more of an organic connection and the ability that we see with a lot of the social uh, profiles out there and kind of bridging that gap between social and business, which has been successful in many industries. And especially knowing that IMEX already has an incredible global reach and many really multinational communities. How are you approaching these digital tools and experiences within a community element to either focus on maybe reinforcing uh, those communities or potentially 
targeting and expanding the current reach of IMAX, especially looking at it as a potential tool to feed into in-person experiences as well? Yeah, I think that's a great uh, question and a great comment, Robert, because I think what we've learned over the past year, not just IMAX, but the whole world really, and certainly the events world, is that there's probably the whole community of people out there that are interested in your brand or experiencing your brand in the digital world who may never have actually experienced, you know, for us, the IMEX trade show in person. And so I think there's an amazing opportunity for us to actually deliver value to a group of people who may never have been to a show, but where we can now show them and sort of bring them into that community that we have. And I think, I, I strongly believe that is what hybrid really is you know hybrid isn't just about running content from your in real life show online i think hybrid is about how you mix the digital world and the physical world over a period of time and how you merge those worlds not always in the same instance but over time and i think there's a great opportunity for us to expand our reach and in time to expand the numbers of people who want to because they've hopefully had a good online experience come to the in real life trade show and probably vice versa as well. But I think that's where the real opportunity is for all sorts of events to just expand your base. And for, for events that are less a sort of business focused like a trade show like IMEX and maybe more content focused, it probably doesn't matter for some of those events whether some of that online digital community ever comes to their in real life event. You know, it, you see some of the trade associations or corporations who now are looking at coming back to their 20,000 person in real life event and having 100,000 people online and they can sell tickets to all of them at different levels. And that's great because they're able to serve their communities in the way in which they, they need to serve them. And I think that's where our opportunity lies as an industry. I love and totally agree with what you've been saying about the attendees and how we can reach more of them and kind of funnel them in, nurture them and get them to attend in-person events later. But now I'd like to think a little bit about the exhibitors and the sponsors and the partners. I'd love to know a bit more about the, the challenges that you're currently facing, if any, in this new business model with the activations that you've created that's so original and forward thinking. And I really want to know if there is any trouble in convincing exhibitors to kind of jump on the bandwagon with you. And, you know, I know you said you've got great demand for the November show, but I think our listeners would really love to know how you've marketed it to your exhibitors. Yeah, it's a good question, because I think the reality is if we went out and sold digital booths as a basic package, I think we could probably sell those relatively easily. But we deliberately decided not to do that because we wanted the platform that we built to be about human connections. And we know that there is a business element to that. And because the swap card platform in particular, you know, one of the things we liked about it was the one-to-one -one matching so that we know that our exhibitors can really get value out of that. But our buyers can as well through that recommendation engine and by adding the human interest element, we know that we can help 
the buyers and the exhibitors or peer groups to bond and develop relationships more easily. So that was what it's about. And of course, there's always business that underpins that, isn't there? But we wanted to do it really differently because we didn't want it to be seen as a business-only transactional platform. We wanted it to be more peer-to-peer and relationship-driven because we believe that will lead to business in the end, but it's not as directly transactional as a trade show or an online trade show. So we have actually only really recently gone out to our exhibitors to invite them to come on board um, as sponsors on the platform. We've had some immediate, really great responses, but we're selling sponsorship opportunities, advertising, the opportunity to host a round table, for example, so where we help them to present their thought leadership. So it's a bit more of an intense programming, you know, because we have to really work with our sponsors to make that work for them and for us. So we're quite cautious about, you know, not overselling as well, because we want it to be a good experience for them and also for the community on the platform. So I guess the short answer is, I think we could have made money more easily from it, but we chose not to take the easy option, but to be true to what we wanted to create and see how that worked. But after a couple of days of going out, we do already have sponsors. So some of our exhibitors have come in really quickly and said, I want my branding here, I want to do this. So people are seeing that, but it's going to, I think, take us to launch and for some people to see it working before they really come in. And and I understand why as well, because of course budgets are tight at the moment. And so often I think at the moment, certainly in our industry, you know, the exhibitors need to be able to justify that spend through the connections and and the transactions that they're going to get with the buyers directly and we're not selling that as an absolute direct opportunity as you would if you just took a digital booth so yeah so it's going to be interesting and maybe it would be great to come back in a couple of months and i can tell you actually how it's gone obviously because of again the swapcraft platform we are able to give sponsors booths. We are able to provide them with leads. They do have more permissions in the system as a result of that sponsorship, but we won't have sort of what you'd class as a supplier directory in there. If you're planning a hybrid event and don't know where to start, you've come to the right place. Swapcard's latest report, Hybrid Is Now, is full of free advice and helpful tips on how to run a successful hybrid event. Get access to never-before-seen research from over 360 event professionals. Learn more about where the industry is headed in the near future. Go to swapcard.com forward slash event hyphen resources and download our Hybrid Is Now report today. Soon enough, you'll become an expert on hybrid strategy too. Karina, now you said it out loud, we're going to get you back in two months. Yeah. (laughs) You started it. I guess as well with this, you know, we are experimenting. We don't know to what degree everything will be successful. And um, we did say at the beginning, you know, we'd share those learnings with the industry because I'm sure we're not the only company in the industry, whether it's a trade association or corporation or an agency or even some of our suppliers who are interested in what does it take to build community engagement? We don't really know either yet. Yeah, we're really happy to share the the good and the bad and the ugly. Totally. And, you know, there's so much to unpack here. I mean, probably for six podcasts, like what I love about uh, what you just said and what I like about 
IMAX, but obviously uh, you as the CEO giving the direction to these companies that the main difference between IMAX and other events in the event industry has been, you know, a lot of shows facilitate the conversation about the topics that matter for the industry. You do that as well. The main difference is that you actually walk the walk, like you actually do things that people talk about in the industry. But then again, you go back, you go to their implementation, it's just like the usual stuff, you know, and that's what we love about IMAX. That's also something that, you know, how you're leading um, the industry, this is going to be given credit here in the sense of even announcing the hiring of 10 people in your team is just unbelievable leadership in a moment where everybody's struggling and you know everybody's kind of going in the different in a different direction for their events portfolio so that's commendable and remarkable as well but i, I really want to to discuss with you sort of thinking ahead obviously you're rethinking the rules of engagement with your exhibitors and sponsors you have um, re-fought the show probably three times already in the past year which is incredible exercise with uh, great results everybody agrees on in the industry. The fourth uh, iteration of that rethinking is definitely going to be IMAX America because as much as um, I remember our previous conversation, our last interview uh, I did with you in a capacity of uh, editor of NTMB, you mentioned like we're not going for a small show, like we want a big show, we have a lot of space, but you know, no denying there is going to be a different show somehow. Maybe, I mean, we just got news from California that they just removed uh, all the social distancing requirements. So, you know, maybe it's going to be a different show. Yesterday, I, I saw some news from Burning Man and Sastra Annual in the tax sphere that they're going to require vaccinations to get in. So there's a lot of concept of evolution of that requirements. So the question for you, though, is specifically about the hybrid experience, because IMX is obviously a show that relies on international travelers quite a lot. How do you see that piece coming together? Can you anticipate anything? What is happening on the hybrid part of the, the in-person show? Yeah, we've been talking a lot about hybrid, as you can imagine, like all organizations. And um, I think for us, we've kind of really look, we're looking at hybrid and spilling down the different elements of the show. I think from a business perspective, the on-site appointments we're between our buyers and our exhibitors that take place on the stands, that is sacrosanct to us. That is what drives the business of the show. That is why people are on site. And we uh, feel very strongly that is not something that we can or wish to take online. And I think, you know, ultimately, we've looked at sort of human behavior as well and said, if you're on site, in person, you've made the effort to come to Las Vegas to exhibit or to attend the show. Do you want to be interacting in that moment with somebody online? And we don't believe for our show that is the case. And so we're very clear about that. However, we know that there'll be a group of our community from around the world who can't uh, come to the show or won't want to. And actually something that we've been doing for years anyway, and Miguel, who's the now editor of Event MB, initiated it for us about a decade ago, which was how do we give a real sense of what's happening at the show to that online audience? We've done it in small ways for many years, and I think that's the element that we'll really try to build out from a hybrid perspective. 
but we know that we need to do it differently to what we've been doing to before. So at the moment, we're looking at possibly having a, a studio, a broadcast studio on site the show, having, you know, specific dedicated programming for that online audience, maybe a few hours a day. Uh, and a mix of content and also taking people onto the show floor, doing tours, interviews with our exhibitors and allowing our exhibitors that opportunity to be a part of that, but in a slightly different way. We're looking at it much more as a broadcast than a, a direct continual interaction. But there's no doubt that it's a challenge. And at the moment, you know, we're looking at what, what are the resources needed? Because um, I think you need a small team just dedicated to that to do it really successfully. There are other the elements that we're looking at in terms of networking and things like that but we don't have the answers for that at this point and it's definitely complex once you start looking at allowing or finding a way to help the online and the in-person audience interact with each other that's where I think it gets very complex and I think you have to be careful as well not to confuse what you're trying to do. No, I, I absolutely love that. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing with kind of that experimentation that goes through the next really year and a half. And with that in mind, I'd love to almost kind of take a step back as, you know, a lot of our focus is kind of in that immediate time frame because we've kind of been working in a, a six month forward looking runway versus what we normally do in, you know, that three to five year vision. Obviously, with so many things changing or things like that. I would love to hear if there's something that you're kind of keeping at the top of your mind or in the back of your head as you're going through this entire process as what is that thing that you're reminding yourself in every single decision that you're making or every single conversation that you're having that really is that end goal as you're taking each and every one of these steps or going through each and every version of this experimentation or iteration? Yeah, I think, you know, for us, our um, goal always is to drive business connections in the industry. That's what IMEX exists to do. That's our point of differentiation, if you like. We drive the business. You know, it's like being that business engine, really. And so I think for us, that's sort of the bottom line. And we always look at whether we're doing that successfully and how we can do that successfully. And of course, the trade shows that we run are those pinnacle um, events for the industry, for us as a business. That is what our business is. You know, we can't start pretending we're, we're a different business. That is what we do. And so that is where we put our focus. But I think for us over that longer term, you know, what are we focusing on? It's relaunching those shows, making sure that the experience, that in-person experience is really fantastic and that it delivers on that those business needs and then beyond that it's i think we're looking at it differently to how we ever looked at it before which is how do we now connect those shows between times through the online and digital experience and that's really i think where we can take a step forward from where we were pre-pandemic when we had these you know two shows six months apart frankfurt and las vegas fantastic and don't get me wrong, we worked really hard in the middle to, to put mm -hmm. those on. But I think there's an opportunity now to think about that content stream, the connection stream, and how we sort of connect the community year round in a different way. 
we're always really cognizant of our position versus our partners in the industry because we do see ourselves as a platform for our partners and so that is always top of mind as well so we're not trying to be a media organization we're not trying to be a trade association of any of those things what we're really trying to do is utilize this thinking to give a broader and longer platform to both our clients and our partners if we can achieve uh, an element of that then we'll be really pleased that's that's fantastic obviously and for final question i have to voice the minds of uh, all our listeners here the big question that everybody has on the back of their mind, is there gonna be an MPI rendezvous? Are we gonna party once IMAX come back? Because that's what everybody like remembers after all, you know, or kind of tries to remember, I guess, in some cases. So what is gonna happen? Are you planning some of those as well? Absolutely. I mean, that's definitely my expectation as well. I actually put in our sponsorship brochure, looking forward to uh, dancing on the rooftops with you in Las Vegas, because, you know, it's such an important moment in time, MPI rendezvous of IMEX America. So yes, I know that the MPI team are planning that. Of course, as always at the moment, we'll be planning to make sure that people not just are safe, but are really comfortable. I think that's what's really important at the moment as we all come down out of this kind of collective trauma of lockdown, that you think about people's experience and sensibilities. But yeah, I'm absolutely certain that will be a very important part of IMEX America. And, and dear, with three, three, like three editions worth of partying in a year. <laughs> exactly. I know, um, obviously, I'm part of the Site Foundation and the Site Night will definitely be taking place on the uh, Monday night. I won't give away the location, but it's a fantastic new club overlooking the strips. So, you know, there'll be a lot of great moment, I think, for people to come together. And I, I think it's a good point. I think when people do come together at IMEX America, they'll just be desperate to network and be together. And, and that's going to be, it's always been an important part of the show, but it's going to be so critical, I think, this year in particular. Well, you've heard it here first, folks. Karina Bauer, the CEO of IMEX. For everyone wanting to keep a pulse on this, be sure to check out the IMEX BuzzHub in the coming weeks and get ready for IMEX Americas coming up this fall. Karina, thank you very much for all your insights and joining us today. Thank you very much. Lovely to chat with you. Thank you for listening to the Inside Events Podcast by Swapcard. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions or would like to access a special discount just for our podcast listeners, send a message to podcast at swapcard.com. Thank you for listening and see you next time on Inside Events.